we're on Hollywood Boulevard and we have a very special guest. That's right. I'm Doug. I'm back. Um, thanks for waiting out my little winter vacation that Alyssa and I took. And she is joining us. She is here in the back seat on the boulevard. And we're going to tell you a little bit of what we did and what we saw on they got our married. vacation. So that was the cliffy. Karen was sure that Alyssa and I were going to get married because we were in they went to Vegas, and then we were in Vegas. I'll let Alyssa speak. Alyssa, did we get married? No. Sorry. Oh. I feel like we let you down. Aww. I'm so disappointed in you two. I knew you would be. Doug and I are such rule followers that <laughs> True. we just can't, to a fault, uh, which we learned on this trip, that it's like we can't even. Tell me you at least thought about it. No. Jesus. You know, and my mom asked me too, and I was like, you'd be furious if we actually did it. Like, so, I don't know. And my mom is a, a Jewish mother, so she wouldn't be mad. She'd just be disappointed. And she'd make you feel guilty. Yeah. My mom's Forever. Itali- yeah, my mom's Italian, and she would do the same. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, you didn't even want your own mother there. That's exactly what she would say. That's exactly what she would say. And you'd be like, yeah, no, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) And? Um, So, okay, so what did you do then since you didn't go see Elvis and get married? What did you do on your vacation? Well, we did see a show. Hmm. So that was actually the primary reason we went. Um, in the summer of July 2020, we were going to go see a show that, like everything, got canceled and delayed uh, and was rescheduled. So we went and saw a show at the Berkeley Rep, Berkeley Repertory Theater, um, uh, called Swept Away, which uh, involved a lot of different creative talent that Alyssa and I both love. So, Alyssa, I will let you say more. Sure. So Swept Away um, is, it's a jukebox musical um, featuring the music of the Avid Brothers, um, who are folk, indie, sometimes bluegrass, but they're more pop these days, band. I've been a fan of theirs for a long time. Yeah, me too. Um, And I actually discovered them through... The actor John Gallagher, Tony Winner, excuse me, John Gallagher <laughs> Jr. of Spring Awakening and American Idiot and 10 Cloverfield Lane and Newsroom fame. Um, and the reason I really wanted to go out and see this show is because John Gallagher Jr. was starring in it. And I thought that was such a full circle moment. Um, and it's. It was also directed by Michael Mayer, who also did Spring Awakening mm-hmm. and American Idiot. Stark Sands was co-starring, also from American Idiot. So the pedigree was there. Yeah. The talent was there. I knew the music was going to be great. Um, and, it, and it lived up to my expectations. Yeah, so and mine as well. It. Yeah. Yeah, it, cool. it, it is a dark show. It's grim. That's the word I keep using. It's very grim. You know, it's, and Doug and I have said this, it's the first jukebox musical I've ever seen where it felt like the score was written actually for the show. Like, you know, 
the Avid Brothers, they're really good lyricists. So their songs are already kind of narrative and introspective. So they work in a narrative setting. Okay. But John Logan, who did the book, and I think this is the strongest of his books, of his books and plays, um, he really, like, used the lyrics to create his characters, and it it just really it was a home run for me. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely. Yeah. It was only 90 minutes, <laughs> which, is even, which was even better. Um, yeah. but, <laughs> but everything was terrific. So, uh, like the scenery is the scenic design is amazing. You know, costumes they look like they were in from Banana Republic, but you know, can't complain. No, yeah, it was, was like good. rag and bone or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The lighting was beautiful. Uh, the singing, the acting, everything was great. Um, yeah. Are there plans for this to come to New York, or is that we? It remains to be seen, or it remains to be seen. It's done really well there. It's interesting. When we went, there was empty seats, which I have to imagine a lot of people have subscribed and just have it don't, don't show up. And But it was an older crowd. I felt like we were the only people who knew who the Avid Brothers were. Um, mm. But it was a matinee. It was a Saturday matinee. Um, but it's extended three times now. And I think it should come here. But I don't think it's a commercial show. No. Like I okay. think it would do well at maybe St. Anne's or as much as it kills me to say, the public. <laughs> <laughs> um, because it's, but you know, I've been wrong before about shows. Um, because I feel like, I follow a lot of the theater Twitter and I, I can sort of gauge how people will react to things. And it's, um... It's a show with, I think, seven men in it, so there's no women. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> oh it's it's very dark. Um, it's not. There's nothing fun about it. There's nothing that people can really like attach themselves to. You know, people thought, and this was another show I loved, that Girl from the North Country was dark and confusing and depressing. So I don't know how they're gonna respond. To swept away, but it should come here because it was even, yeah, it's even more dark and depressing. <laughs> it yeah, is. I mean, I don't think I don't think we said too much about what it's about, but it's set in the eighteen eighties, and it's men on a ship at sea, and some stuff happens. <laughs> yeah, you can't. I can't really give it away. <laughs> like, I, I, I kind really of want to see it. I mean, I totally. Like, I think I you would it. like it. I think it would be something that's up your alley, Karen. <laughs> I, am, and, I am the dark and unusual yeah and yeah and like i said it's like the way they use the songs i'm i'm a big fan of the avid brothers so I'm, I'm biased but like like there was one song i saw in the set the song list and i was like how on earth are they gonna incorporate that um because we've seen a bunch of jukebox musicals where it's just like like my favorite example is tina which i loved but when they like shoehorn in we don't need another hero and it's like what does this have to you're mentioning the thunderdome like that's what i always <laughs> say yeah but so so i was like really impressed to be like oh i didn't know how there ain't no man was gonna fit into this show and they did a beautiful job with like working these songs in and they don't use and much like girl from the north country doesn't use like some of dylan's more famous songs they don't use the Abbott brothers more more famous songs which um 
it's a bummer, but also it's like, you know, you're really invested in telling a good story and not just fan service. Right. Whatever, whatever fans <laughs> whatever fans are out there, but because most jukebox musicals are like the hit factories. Yeah, we yeah. got we got to make sure we shove in Toads. all the top 10s. Like, yeah, we have to make sure that they all get in there. Yeah. Also, and he's one of my favorite people in the world, but John Gallagher Jr. is so good in the It's like tailor-made for him, and I'm pretty sure it is. Um, he's done a lot of work with John, um, with Michael Mayer, and um, I'm sure this role was conceived for him, but he's he's excellent. Cool. Yeah, no, he really is. It's a really, it is a really good show, so I'm glad we were able to finally see it, and I hope that they're, I'm sure they anticipate having some sort of future life for it i just don't know what uh, form that will take right they right. sent a survey out after we saw it and i was like please just bring this show to new york with this cast <laughs> i mean with it with the cast that's in it i can't imagine it not coming to new york like it's got the new york pedigree you know but i think it's a nonprofit is going to have to bring it over so right. maybe roundabout yeah. or right. you know atlantic or you know there, there's going to have to be some sort of transfer into a nonprofit. Um, because it just, there's no way a show directed by Michael Mayer with yeah. John Gallagher, Jean, like there's no way it doesn't come to New York. The, um, the Atlantic would actually be an interesting um, choice. The only thing is the set, there's like a big set change that has to, that I guess you could do in a proscenium setting, but you'd have to have a lot of, Space, space above the stage yeah. oh, so okay. um, it's possible that's that's why i said like saint anne's or the on which have done which have done similar things involving like some kind of really big set pieces that often do some sort of set change like i guess the mitzi new house at lincoln center but that i don't see i don't see that audience, audience yeah i don't see that audience coming out either. for for a show that's remotely challenging in mm-hmm. any way they yeah. didn't come for Flying Over Sunset. They're not coming for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if they don't want to come out for Cary Grant, they're not going to come out for... <laughs> oh, Men- it could go to Men- the Armory. Yeah, yeah, the Armory. it definitely could. But the Armory, I don't quite get what they're doing. They're doing Hamlet, though, this spring that I'm really psyched about. But, like... Oh, who's like, in it? The kid who... The kid, he's probably, like, my age, who's um in... The end of the fucking world. If you've ever seen that show, on no. Netflix. No, I haven't. Um, I think his name is Alex Lawther. Lawler, oh. Lawther. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I'll see. I mean, I'll. S- I'm a glutton for Hamlet. <laughs> no, she's an expert on Hamlet. She did her thesis on it. Ah, okay. Okay. Seen more Hamlets than I'm dimension did I'm... you see the um the benedict cumberbatch hamlet i did i saw it well i saw it at um the nt live yeah because i think we we're gonna get it because sid's doing hamlet in school and i was really? like you should really you should really like and she's like i hate shakespeare and i'm like we really need to watch like a good hamlet and so i saw that nt live had the the benedict cumberbatch and i was wondering what you thought of that she should talk to me because i really <laughs> I wrote my thesis on Hamlet, so uh, I'm here to help. But uh, I, I thought it. I loved the set, and I loved Kieran Hines. But you know, 
So it's, I saw, I went to the movie theater to see it, and so it's like, they're always very long, and I usually fall, end up falling asleep. <laughs> um, so I didn't love it, but I, I don't want to, like, deter you from... Well, see, I guess that's the nice thing about streaming on the computer. Yeah. I can get up and pee. Right. I can make a snack. I can take a break. You know? Right. Yeah. Like not sitting in the dark. Yeah, just sort of like waiting for it to be over. And yeah. Remember the the thing about that that I didn't love was they start. If I remember correctly, they start the play with the to be or not to be. Speech. Really? Oh, I didn't yes. see that, but I remember. I think you told me that I had heard that somewhere. Um, yeah. and they, they do switch make. It up. Not to open up a can of worms, but I am always like in the camp that thinks that Hamlet is totally in control of everything and that he's just, he's not mad. He's just playing with people. Mm. And Benedict Cumberbatch played his Hamlet like a petulant child that annoyed me. Now it's all coming back to me. (laughs) We we better move on to the next. Okay, the next (laughs) one. Or I'll be be here all night. Like, lecturing on Hamlet. <laughs> okay, so then what's next? What else to say? Um, if uh, Swept Away is a particularly dark show, then we also just saw a particularly bright light and also a big ticket. Uh, we got to see the Music Man on Broadway with Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster. Oh, nobody liked that one. <laughs> I did. Well, you I did. Okay. I loved it. You know, I really, I'll, I'll say it, intermission, I was like, I was just very happy to be there. It felt like everybody else around me seemed to be very happy to be there. And I really like Hugh Jackman and I really like Sutton Foster. And at intermission, I was like, okay, you know, it's not one of my favorite musicals in general, but I was like, okay, I'm having a good time. And then like after the second act, I was like, oh, I really loved that. Oh. Um, yeah. Because yeah. I. Yeah, I'm sorry, Karen. I was reading some reviews and they were saying like Sutton Foster and Hugh Jackman had no chemistry and. Lies. I mean, did you, lies? lies? Okay. Yeah. That's, that's lies. Because I was kind I of like, how can you not have chemistry with Hugh Jackman? Like, he, the, like the man is just so charismatic. It, really, it truly yeah. is. He's more gifted than he gets any credit for as one of like the true, like, major stars who can transition from all genres and and all types of media and is charismatic in all of them i mean he's wonderful and he's wonderful in this i was a little surprised to see the the critics kind of hating on it because usually hugh jackman can do the fix was in from two and a half years ago and it's another example of no one exercising any objectivity because they decided go ahead Alyssa, I think I cut you off, so you go ahead. No, I was I was in agreement. You know, it's like there's this inner circle of people who, who decide, you know, they have their people they want to see, and Hugh Jackman's not one of them because he's, although he's like the biggest star to come to Broadway and be successful and sell and be good at what he's doing right. and be um, kind to people and create yeah. jobs for hundreds and hundreds of people every time he says can I do a show yeah but. and <laughs> and I always say that his performance in The Boy From Oz is the best male performance I've ever seen in a musical like, I agree I don't even know who, I don't even know anyone who comes close um, 
Perhaps John Gallagher Jr., hun. John Gallagher Jr.'s <laughs> awakening is my second favorite. Yes, I wasn't going to bring that up, but that performance is a lot to me. Um, but, you know, he's good. Like, he's great at what he does. And I don't yeah. know if anybody who um, would be able to do the show and sell. And, you know, like, Broadway's not charity. Right. You know, you can't build the music man's a big show with a lot of people in the cast and a lot of moving sets and it's like who who else could sell it out like him like nobody yeah, yeah. Well, i don't love they make him da- you know they make him dance a lot with it's a very athletic production there's a lot of throwing things around <laughs> and dancing which is but like, not okay. but not athletic in the same way as some other more recent musicals are which no, is like no. everyone is like a cheerleader doing backflips oh, like it's not Everybody, like that it's it's there's still like there is a lot of throwing things and twirling people but mm-hmm. but it's done in a graceful way more than a, like kind of like brusque athletic way which i think is right. a difference that, that matters but yes and- you know, and I think Sutton's acting is really great. She's very funny. She does not sing the songs in the original key. I don't think anybody really cares that's sitting in the audience who's there to see Hugh Jackman or the Music Man. Like, my mom loves Hugh Jackman. My dad loves the Music Man. If they went to see the this show, they would not notice that the keys have been lowered for her. No. My mom loves the music man, loves the show, loves the movie, loves the score, and loves Hugh Jackman. If she had gotten to see this, this would be one of the favorite things she'd have ever seen in her life. Right. And, but, you know, people who know the show, like the back of their hand, are like, oh, she sings, you know, she's an alto, she's not a soprano, she's not Barbara Cook. And it's like, who cares? Like, I don't even <laughs> And also, I just think, I just think there are people who think, uh, it's not one of my shows. It's a dated musical. It's oh, yeah. cheerful. We want dark right now. That sort of thing. It's like, well, the show is what it is. And the music and lyrics that Meredith Wilson created are actually very clever and specific and lovely. And it's like, if that's not your thing, it's not your thing. But well, maybe you, know, you don't evaluate it then. And it's the joke we've been saying for like two years when I read someone on Twitter who was like, the music man glorifies grift. And, <laughs> and wait. And, and, and after you four think years, she's kidding. This became after, a thing. And after four years of Trump, we don't need another white man conning people. And it's like, hold the phone. He like sold some tubas, you know, <laughs> aisle. <laughs> he sold some tubas. <laughs> like, like, he didn't try to destroy democracy. Like, like, what kind of idiots? You know what I mean? Um, and you know the Scott. It was originally a Scott Rudin show, so right. people had to. That's an extra that it mark was, against like, it. Public Enemy Number One, even though they all loved Hello Dolly, which is also an old cheerful like, musical yeah, <laughs> with a, a white lead, <laughs> with like a big, you know, white star who the tickets were exorbitant prices and. You know, it's the same director. It's the same idea. But, you know, it's there's this, like, protectiveness that people who like Broadway musicals get about, like, these aren't my people. You know, like, we saw we saw it with, like, Lauren Ambrose and My Fair Lady. It's like, well, we don't want you in the role, so we're not going to like the show at all. And it's like, well, Mostly said by people online who aren't going to pay to see the show anyway. Right. 
Right. And that's unfair to her. I think she's great. Lauren and she was, was excellent in the her. show. She was yeah. excellent. Yeah, you know, and I thought Harry Hayden Patton was terrific. And it wasn't until Laura Bonanti came in that people were like, oh, now he's amazing. And it's like, he always was amazing. He probably should have won that Tony. But, you know, you were blinded. You're blinded by what you want. Like, go and see the music. It's also a lot of sour grapes because it's probably the people who, like, get comps to everything who can't get a comp to Who this. can't get a comp to this, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I, you know, I also, there's some other qualms. Like, I think that Trouble and 76 Trombone sort of felt flat to me. I don't know. They were, they've changed the lyrics to Shapoopy, and it doesn't really matter to me. They tried to make them more PC in the era of Me Too, which is like silly. It never works. They did it with Kiss Me Kate. It like nobody. You can never really do it enough. That's really going to satisfy anyone who has a problem with it. Yeah, and it's like just leave it. Like nobody who's going to see Hugh Jackman and sees maybe one or two shows a year is like, oh, Shapoopy. It's all about rape culture. It's like nobody pays attention. It's called Shapoopy. It's already ridiculous. It's a ridiculous, right. it's a fun song to help kick off the second act. Yeah. But I also want to say that, like, the supporting cast is really great. Like, Jane Howdy Shell is really funny, and Jefferson Mays is really, really funny. Um, Maureen Mullen is great. I yeah, and there was some, there's some non obvious, like, Broadway veterans playing some of these roles that you wouldn't necessarily think of to play musical characters. You know, several of the ones that, that Alyssa just mentioned are primarily known for stage drama. Um, yeah. and, they're all, and they're all great. And I always really like to see Philip Boykin in things. Um, yeah, who was great going back uh, to like the, the Porgy and Bess revival that Audra McDonald was in. Yeah, he's a terrific actor, so it's nice. I, anytime actors I love are in some sort of big budget revival, I'm like, good for you. And uh, special that money. shout out, special shout out to Benjamin Pajak, <laughs> who's playing Winthrop. The little, the so little cute. son or little brother. So cute. Um, he just steals the show. He's oh. adorable. Like, you know, is it worth six hundred bucks? Nothing is. But right. it's like, is that what the prices are? Yeah, that's what they keep saying. I don't know if they've gone down. I don't know if they've gone. I don't know what the deal is. Um, I don't know what the demand is, but it's it's worth seeing. It's a fun show, and I again, like, I don't really love the Music Man, but um, I had a really good time. Yeah, I do love the show, and I think this production really gives it its due, and I hope it has a long run. Right. I don't know what kind of a reasonable ticket pricing there is out there, but if you can find it, it's worth it. Yeah, and I don't know. I think it'll close with him um, because I don't know if you're going to get anybody who can dance as well as he does and sing and act and can draw a crowd. Like we were talking about, like if you could get a big name, like a big A-list name, like Jamie Foxx <laughs> or Bradley Cooper. Those are the two I was thinking of, um, but they wouldn't be able to dance. So they would, restage it but so Jenny i don't know box would be an interesting he would i know he sings he's got a nice voice like but um like they were able to replace bet 
in Hello Dolly, but I don't think she like. But Bette wasn't Dolly... moving around the show the way that yeah. Hugh Jackman moves around this entire production. Right, right. Like the sh- yeah, but I also like. I think with Hello Dolly, tickets were always available. Like. I bought my ticket to it, like, after the reviews, so it was, like, you were always, it wasn't quite, it was well sold, but I don't think it was, like, no tickets to be had. Yeah. But we'll see. I, I, hope I don't does. remember. Yeah, I honestly don't remember. It so it feels so long ago. Probably was so long ago. Like, I guess if it recoups, then they can just bring somebody in, um... Maybe like a big, like a Brian Darcy James type or I don't even know. Yeah, There's you know like, what though, I don't see I don't see Brian being able to sell that show. I I think no. I I think it goes once once Hugh Jackman goes, it goes. Yeah, I mean this is really yeah, coming. The, he's the star. It's not the show is it's, the star. Yeah, it's like he's the vehicle, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I I can't imagine it. I can't imagine it staying yeah. open after he goes. Like John Stamos would be interesting. I love John oh. Stamos. Yeah, he could work I maybe. Him for everything, but Tony um, Danza. I think he's a little too old. I know. Like, we were joking because we were like, wait, is like Harold Hill supposed to be like 30? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's going to be significantly younger than the actors who play him. Yeah, I mean, Hugh looks terrific on stage. Like, we were in row F of the orchestra, and I mean, he looks so good. Um, but yeah. there's no, we don't have Broadway stars that can dance anymore and sing. Mm and act and star on a show we do it we have a few but we don't have that many that are gonna sell right right so anything else or are you guys well i definitely want us to talk about one thing we saw on tv because i really want you to hear everything Alyssa has to say about (laughs) it but um i definitely want to give you a chance to talk about anything you too have seen karen well, I did finally see Up in the Air. I'm actually doing an interview with some local actors that were in it this week. So I watched it. And I know you weren't that sold on it, right? Me? Yeah. I was not. I loved it. Oh, I loved I have, it. Alyssa loves it, too. Oh, yay. I loved it. I thought it was so smart and so funny. And I have to say, I'm not a fan of DiCaprio, but I think this is his best work in a long wait, time. Wait, wait, wait. Karen, what... I'm thinking of Up in the Air with Clooney. Are you thinking of a different movie? Oh, oh. Are look, you don't, about don't Look Up? Oh, my God. Don't Look oh. Up. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> well, that changes the whole conversation. It does. Because you I said didn't. I finally saw Up in the Air, which is from, like, 2009. So I was like, finally. Yeah, it's been some years. <laughs> oh, Don't Look Up. Oh, this is different now. Oh, well, my God. I take that back. I did not love that movie, but you I hated it. it. But I did love, I did love Up in the Air. Um, okay. Please watch. You guys, everyone should watch that. That's a good movie. <laughs> okay. But no, okay. So I'm, I'm the lone, I'm the lone wolf on, on Don't Look Up. I actually really liked it. I like. I don't hate the, I the really movie. Like I think the movie is kind of thin, but it's enjoyable. It was certainly easy to watch. Yeah, I agree. It's like when I was thinking of like how I rank my best picture nominees it's like the my fourth favorite by just like it being the easiest to watch and the most fun like certainly more fun than drive my car sure yeah yeah it's definitely more fun 
I, that's the thing. I, I thought it was so much fun and I didn't think it was preachy at all. Like I was kind of anticipating, uh, you know, it being really preachy, but I just, I just thought it was so fun. And yeah, it, it was very easy to watch. And, um, and like I said, I thought DiCaprio was given a hell of a performance. I mean, and I don't feel like he's done that very, I feel like he's always phoning it in, you know, particularly when he's like put in the gangster role, right? Like over and over and over again. Yeah. good looking gangster and this was i thought he was really great and he was kind of a schlubby guy and i loved that yeah, he was no, a they, schlubby they guy like, they like walter mathowed him up mm-hmm. or down for the role yeah so. yeah it was great it was really great and i don't think i've ever seen timothy chalamet in anything before which oh, wow. sounds weird um and i just all of a sudden got the appeal because i've only seen him in photos and i see the photos and i go i don't get it and then I saw him in this and I was like, oh, I get it. Now I get it. Um, so I don't know. I, I, also, I, I really enjoyed it. And I think, I don't know. I, well, I feel I like just, I might be the only person. No, no, no. Because tons of people, I think, really loved it. Um, but I'm just curious. Are, are you interviewing, like, what is the article? Are you interviewing local actors who were yeah, in the Yeah, there movie? was some oh, local okay. actors. Yeah, because they filmed it Because they like, filmed some River. of it. In, okay. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't really understand why they filmed it up here because it, but there there you go because it didn't happen here and usually when they film stuff here it happens in new england right like like it's set right in new england. it's like deliberate yeah yeah it's very deliberate when they film up here and but this it was not like i guess we we're standing in for wisconsin i like okay i don't know i think boston or like part of i think part of boston stands in for new york and then maybe some of the, like the other new england areas stand in for like wisconsin i can't remember now yeah, so um, so there were a few local actors in it, so I'm going to talk to them. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm not quite sure what to ask them. Like, hey, you're in an Oscar-nominated movie. How does that feel? But then, oh, actors... I mean, in addition to the movie itself, like, the response is a, a big thing. Yeah, it is. And and I, and one of the actors that I'm talking to was also in CODA. So, um, so there are oh, three wow. actors that were in... Uh, don't look up and then she this other actor was in coda which i don't think i'm going to get to see before i talk to them but so we actually so we have did one see that's that. in two oscar nominated uh, did you enjoy it um yes and no okay I, it's, yeah, it's a I'll movie say I, it. think... I didn't <laughs> <laughs> i missed no. that would you say you're like no i hated it no i'll tell you i did not okay <laughs> i'm a very tough i'm like i started doing letterboxd uh, just to like track all the movies we've watched because we've already watched 75 movies this year. Holy shit. That and sounds have... like a lot. It's not for me. <laughs> we, yeah, we could get like three in a day. Um, And I, I give mostly everything two stars. I am really, I've, I have two five-star movies out of 75 and like one four-star. It's like two stars for everything. So you can't go by me. Okay. But either way, that's really cool. And my whatever issues I had with either Don't Look Up or Coda, um, it probably wouldn't be for any of the like working actors you're about to interview. For whom oh, I say God, for yeah. You. God, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so, okay, so what's the other thing you guys want to talk about? Because I'm, like, fading fast, yo. I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll let Alyssa do the heavy lifting here. We watched Inventing Anna on Netflix. <gasps> oh, I want to see that. Tell me more. I recommend. Yes. After I was like, I'm a harsh critic, but I uh, it won me over in the end. 
uh, it took a few, it took maybe like four episodes to for me to uh, to get into it or to get on its side, and then I ended up really enjoying it. Huh. Yeah, it has this tricky structure, and I don't mean like it's hard to follow or that it's confusing. Um, it's it's just very labored the way they try and unpack how they're going to tell you the story about this con woman because they make a, a journalist at a fake New York magazine type uh, magazine um, mostly be the way in. So she ends up being a protagonist as much as the Anna woman herself mm-hmm. is. Um, and then the flashbacks are kind of sloppily structured too, but it's nine episodes and they're all like over an hour long, but as they accumulate, the further along you, you go, like you, so I was surprised at ultimately how invested I was at the stories that were told, both in flashback yeah. about how she conned different people around New York, um, and and also in like the modern day story, which is like the most heroic portrayal of a journalist I think I've seen in a long time. Well, you know, yeah. that's true. Like you know that that journalist exists, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. I think, well, here's the other thing. They fictionalized a lot of stuff, including some of the real events that happened with people who were conned. And the film is upfront about that. At the beginning of every episode, they say everything is true except for the shit that we made up. So <laughs> you'll never know how much was like altered for convenience I, or not. But I, some of I, the stuff, yes, is fact. Yeah, I read the article and it is a lot of that is what apparently happened. But I mean, the journalist wrote something that I read that I don't remember where it printed. I feel like it was like in Time Magazine or like Newsweek, like one of those where you're like, oh, this poor person, because now nobody's going to read this because nobody reads this stuff, this magazine, um, where she took issue with how they created her character and how her character was portrayed. And they felt kind of felt like they made Anna this kind of like anti-hero and they made her look like an idiot um who was just sort of blindly following this person around yeah like with yeah i can see that because the the writer character whose name is vivian in the show i think it's jessica jessica pressler i think who's a new york magazine writer played by anna klumsky who i i like um for the most part it's she's like one of the worst characters i've seen in a long time they make her very shrill she's um, you know, and very cliche, she's pregnant, but of course she's like so invested in this, um, the story that she just completely disregards her husband and isn't paying attention to the fact that she's pregnant and she's just so obnoxious, you know, she's like not writing the story they, Manhattan Magazine wants her to write and they spend too much time with her and it's like, I don't care. Right, we're here to see the con, con artist, not the person right. getting conned, right? And they, and they make Anna, who is played by Julia uh, Julia Gardner from Ozark, who I also really like, they make her out to be, you, there's like a lot of scenes where Vivian is going to visit her in Rikers, so she's like this Hannibal Lecter type character. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I swear, it's, it's like a Hannibal Lecter Clarice thing. It and is, Ju- yeah. Yeah, and Julia Gardner is doing this, Tommy Wiseau accent, which I'm sure yeah, maybe it the accent real, really has to be heard to be believed. But it is something. But once you get, once we get past, and like you know, episode like four or five, where we get past, um, 
like a lot of it's still in flashback, but once they like let us in on what Anna was really doing and the people she was taking advantage of and conning and uh, it, it really, I really got invested in it. But like the stuff about actually writing the articles, like I don't understand why they decided, I don't know why Shonda Rhimes decided on this uh, structure. It didn't really work. Um, it's like at one point, Spoiler alert, we watch Vivian give birth, and it's like, who cares? What does this have to do? Like, you have this juicy story that everyone can get invested in. Everyone loves a con woman. Um, <laughs> and we have to watch a half an episode of this reporter who nobody likes give birth. Like, who cares? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fine if you want to use the journalist, the journalist as like your conduit as the way in, but we don't actually have to follow her personal life throughout. Right, right. I guess like, we don't I need don't to know. build that. Yeah, I, I, I almost wonder if the filmmakers or the TV series creators were worried that the con artist would be too unlikable. And so they wanted to put the con the the person that was conned in and, and they ended up just kind of like yeah. doing the reverse right I, I think you're probably right you know and Anna is not likable and everything I've read about the real Anna Delvey is that she was not nice she was not likable there's like no explanation as to why people fell for what um she did like why they just fell for her and and did whatever she wanted um and, but at the same time, it's like, so what? Like, not right. every character has to be likable. Like, right, right. Julie Gardner does a good job in the role. and um, Yeah, she does. Like, she could have just trusted her to carry it. And it's like, you know, it's another thing, too, where they keep talking about Trump throughout um, because we're glorifying grift. Mm. <laughs> and, I, and I said to Doug, I was like, but Trump is not... Trump is not the reason that we have all these con artists and, and grifters and, and hustlers. Like, he was a symptom of it, not the cause. Yeah, you know? it's a it's separate like thing. Social media social media plays a big role in it and Instagram and, um, and technology. And it's like, well, that's what has led to all of these, these grifters and con artists and people taking advantage of each other. You know, not like, not Trump. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's an unnecessary thing to try and like slide in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I have to say, like I, I did not think this was like really well done for the most part as I was watching it, and then by the end, I was one hundred percent glad I saw it. Agree. Huh. Yeah, it's not, it's not well done, but the story is juicy. The Anna Delvey story is is pretty juicy, and um interesting enough that i that i recommend it yeah i do too and some of the supporting actors that they have especially in these flashback scenes are very good excellent it'll be interesting to see like like the dropout is coming out next week with um the story of um elizabeth holmes the theranos which Alyssa is obsessed with i am obsessed with it i've watched the documentary twice i read the book i'm like obsessed with her story so it'll be interesting to see the route the route that that show takes um because like you know there's that book bad blood which i recommend to everybody um it's like is john carrieu gonna be a character and we're gonna follow him like 
that's yeah, how will they structure it? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like between, like, Inventing Anna and, like, Dope Sick, it's like so many of these shows are just afraid to just tell a straightforward story. Like, there's always got to be, like, a catch. And it's like, just tell us. Just trust the audience. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, and that mo- that show, the, the Dropout, that's coming, also has Laurie Metcalf in it. Just throwing that out there. And Alan Ruck. Yeah, Succession's own. Or Ferris Bueller's own. Well, depending right. on where you sit. <laughs> absolutely. All right, y'all. Well, Alyssa, thank you so much for Thanks joining for having me. me. It's always nice to have you. I'm sorry I'm so tired tonight. It's okay. Sorry we disappointed you with our non-wedding. I know. That's it. You just like, oh, the wind is out of my sails. That's what, that's what it is. <laughs> um, You've been swept away. Oh, good. <laughs> up in the air. Yes. <laughs> so don't look up. I was like, maybe she means catch you if you can. I don't know what she's talking about. I know. It took me a sec to realize which one. Uh, anyway, I don't uh, think I mentioned, so uh, let's end on this note. Um, happy five-year anniversary of doing this, Karen. Happy five-year anniversary. Um, so, Alyssa, thanks again for joining. I will uh, see you again in 12 seconds. Okay. <laughs> and we'll see you guys again next week. We'll see you back on the boulevard. Take care. Stay well till then. Bye. <laughs>